0: to the Progress with Unity podcast and what a podcast we've got in store because we are the champions I think we've all just about recovered Uh,
1: well I was working at half six on Sunday as you well know so my celebrating didn't last very long
2: I've not stopped celebrating yet (laughs) and uh, we had a fantastic party in the park on Sunday I think I might keep it going until the season starts
0: well why don't we take a little look back at the Shrewsbury Town game obviously we ran out winners by three goals to nil was there ever any doubt in our minds that we were going to pick the title up in (laughs) mind let me just explain this little scenario in mind there was no doubt whatsoever because number one mk dons were going to win at plymouth and number two rotherham weren't going to beat gillingham paul kindly let me know that the current score was plymouth nil mk dons three (laughs) and rotherham (laughs) were in fighting front at gillingham while we were nil apiece and suddenly the art fluttered, but uh, a minute later, when uh, Josh Vella, the former Bolton player, did us a favour, and stuck it in his own net.
2: The OK Don's game as well. Of course, there was a red, the red card in that game, and you know, in them sort of matches, if you're three 0 down and you're down to ten men, you've not got really much to fight for. And the guy I think you did actually put on marking got twined, it was the one who got sent off. So that didn't help matters either. If they'd been working on that all week. Back to our game, and yeah, those. Martar, Suesby fans were singing Rotherham's for about 30 seconds until uh, I think once we scored, it was never in doubt, was it?
1: Like you say, it got a little bit twitchy because you knew that you couldn't afford to screw it up. But at the same time, at the back of your mind, you knew that our result went the right way. Nothing else mattered. And I think from the point where we were 1-0 up, and then obviously we went 2-0 up pretty quick in the second half. I think at that point, it was in no doubt whatsoever.
0: No, it weren't. And there's some great performances, none more so than by the golden boot man himself, Will Keane. That penalty put away with aplomb. First things first, was it a penalty? I will put my hand up, 100% it were.
1: I wasn't as convinced at the time. I don't think it's deliberate handball, but there's a fair distance travel between the ball leaving the foot and in oh. his hand. They get given. And Will Keane's put him away like that all season, as I said when we were when I was touting him for player of the season. <laughs>
0: Why do you think he give
1: that penalty, Paul? As we said last week on ref watch, didn't we, that he gives penalties quite happily, this referee. We'd seen him given and we saw another one given.
2: Martin gives penalties everywhere he goes. <laughs> Martin gives penalties everywhere he goes.
0: I loved his stature when he pointed to the spot. But Will Keane kept his head, bang, back of the net. The crowd went wild. Floors <laughs> were a <offensive>. flight.
1: <laughs> After a half go wild, didn't
0: they? Yeah, one or two players came to the hoardings and fans spilled over and there was <laughs>
1: much merriment and and good stewarding, to be fair, because they, they allowed it to go on. They knew nobody was there causing trouble. Everybody was just being a little bit over-exuberant. Let them have a minute or two and then shovel them back behind the thing and, and get on with the
0: game. Yeah, I've got written down here stewards. I thought the stewards were very good. Common sense. They joined in, they were, they were quiet. They were smiling and clapping all, all through the game with us, so... Really good. Will Keane's second goal of the game our third, Adam. Brilliant crossing from James McLean. It was pretty much uh,
2: like the goal against Bolton. You know, made that angle. I think he hit cross into the right area at exactly the same height. He hit it in at against Bolton. The only difference between McGuinness and Keane was her. And it (laughs) obviously took a little nick off that relatively long hair that Keane has and went into the corner of the net.
0: What an atmosphere all through the game, before the game as well, I thought it was, was spot on. We already mentioned about the steward in, which which I thought helped with the atmosphere. That fan zone, I, I'm, there's talk about us developing a fan zone next season. I hope we do, because the, the places where we've been this season, and they've had them, such as Accrington and Lincoln, just two spring out to mind there. Uh, and it's, I think it's uh, it's just added to the experience of, of going to the games and it's been brilliant and the banter's been great between the two sets of fans. It's the way forward.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think a nice sunny day helps. And it certainly, you know, it was, it,
0: like I said, it was cracking at Lincoln and it was cracking at Shrewsbury. Some stats from the game. I'll read them out. 57% possession with 14 attempts on goal with four on target. Shrewsbury had seven with four on target. They committed 19 fouls to our 11. There were two yellows, none for us, so that made a change. And also Shrewsbury had no corners to our six. Attendance of 8,369 with approximately 1,900 or 2,000 away supporters. But as we found out as the game progressed, there was quite a few more than that. Again. in In the home end.
1: Again, they were well-behaved, weren't they? I know they don't like away supporters in the old men, but if they're away supporters that are well-behaved, then I don't see it personally as a problem.
2: Just on those stats as well, the end of season, final stats, as they do, and I was listening to a a podcast on The Athletic, the EFL podcast. They were talking about uh, the number of shots that Wigan had had this season, and I think he was in the bottom five in terms of uh, total shots. But our goals from set-pieces... Uh, we'd overtaken Rotherham to go to number one. So I think that's certainly showing that we're this year we've been a very efficient side. And, you know, for me, I love it. You know, if you get a corner and a free kick and you actually think, we've got a good chance of scoring here. We've not really had that for a long time. You know, where we've actually, every time you get a corner, you get excitement because you think you can score. Also, right.
0: weren't we joint top scorers with Oxford United in the division, in league games? We, we ended we up quite high, yeah. Yeah, we were. No, um, it was a rhetorical question, that one.
2: Yeah. yeah. I thought it might Barry, be because you're throwing it out there without actually knowing the answer. If I'd have, if we'd have responded and said, no, actually, Barry, we were 11th.
0: I don't know when you would have been bulls because we were joint top scorers. And something like defensively was quite high up the table as well. Best of record. I mean, what a season. There's are so many, so many plaudits coming our way. Isn't the thought, you know, where we've been this season? It's just been an incredible season. And everybody's showing the betting slips now where they put a tenor on at the start. <laughs> but let me just tell you this I never back on Wigan, bet on Wigan Athletic ever. Two reasons. Thanks. I go with their heart, which is never the way to go. And also, I always put a kiss on them, and that's one thing I won't do. But good luck to everybody who has. Adam, did you put a bet on?
2: Uh, They're on an accumulator. So I'm still waiting for Liverpool and Bristol Rovers to get promoted. I put this bet on in January. I won't say what the odds are yet, but let's all support Liverpool and the gas.
0: Oh, so Paul says that we're going for a big night out here. It does. Um the, yeah, gas. I, the
1: gas. I, I don't bet, but I've got a pinned tweet on my Twitter feed from the eighteenth of August, which somebody had said we'll do quite well if we if we finish high up. my response was no, we finish top because that's what we do in this division. Um before we leave Shrewsbury, can I express massive thanks to well the listener who was unable to go contacted the podcast and supplied me with his ticket I'm not going to name names because I don't know whether he would want that or not but I will express the gratitude and say thanks again
0: you paid for it though didn't you I paid yeah. for it it was yeah, somebody up. somebody
1: who because of the system in place was only able to get one didn't want to go and on his own and, and leave the loved ones at home so I took the ticket I went with you Barry and I left my loved ones at home so <laughs> well, I left them at the, the bean back but thanks go out to the to the listener you know who you are but I'm not going to name names
0: yeah you left them sat on the beanbag well done one thing we were debating not too long ago was, was whether Will Keane would actually get the golden boot and obviously he has he's banged in 26 goals in the league and he's ended up as golden boot winner
1: I, I must admit, I thought he would end up close, but he sat there on with, with two trophies in there. Quite late on in the season, he was on more goals for this season than the rest of his career. Something has obviously clicked, hasn't it? And fair play to him.
0: Yeah, he's finished. Actually, finished. Two goals ahead of the greatest striker that's ever played football, Ross Stewart. It just shows you, doesn't it? If you have a little bit of fortune going your way, you can beat these absolute wonder kids. You know, so that's what Keno's done. So, well done to Kino. And also, coming in <laughs> at number 11 is Callum Wang. So, we've two players in the top 11. So.
2: Just going back to Paul's uh, point before about the generosity of the uh, of the fans, I'd just like to say it's great on Sunday at the party in the park, there was quite a few... F- fans who came over to me and uh, to barry talking about the podcast and how much they enjoyed it so a couple of mentions particularly real friend of the podcast loves loves listening to it adam flores and also um a guy called tom pennington who said he's no he hasn't missed uh a game this season and hasn't missed a podcast so uh well well done to him
1: yeah he, he was sat on in front of me on the uh, on the bus to Portsmouth, which I didn't realise. But
0: also, Harry told me to pass on his, his gratitude to you too. I don't know why. I told him it had nothing to do with you 2 the the quality of this podcast. But he said he's, he's really enjoyed it this season, and I've had quite a few people coming. That's why we do it, isn't it? Just to try and connect the fan base together and and give them just something a little bit different. Let's get down to the progress with Unity Player of the season has voted for. By the listeners. But before we get down to the actual player of the season, we've run every month, we've run, I'm oh, sorry, every game, we've run a man of the match. Now, these have been totaled up, and the way it has ended up this season, Callum Wang and Max Power have got seven man of the match awards apiece. So they are both in, in pole position, closely followed by Tom Naylor with five. James McLean with four, and then Will Keane and Jack Watmore with three, then a lot of players on two and and one uh, Man of the Match nominations. So does that reflect the player of the season? What do you think, Paul? Do you think that will reflect it? And we've got uh, Langley no. and Powa, 44 regularly.
1: Yeah, I I think the player of the season is going to come from either Keen or Watmore or Naylor. I, and, you know, I, I think it's absolutely coming from those three. I know you haven't told us who it is yet because you did the uh, the secret ballot and the counting of the votes. But, yeah, I absolutely think it's coming from those three. But then I would put Lang, Power and McLean as in, in, like, the second tier. And then after that, it's, you know, pay your money, take your choice. Steve yeah. Humphrey's had a few decent games. Dariqua's had a, a, a few decent games.
0: Ben Amos. So do you, do you think that's good? Like, like Paul, Paul doesn't necessarily believe that the Man of the Match Awards – are going to reflect the player of the season. Do you think that's a similar way to Paul, Adam?
2: Yeah, I think Man of the Matches, uh, I think it shows that certain Flair players in particular uh, can be quite high on Man of the Matches. So you look at Callum Lang and Max Power in the sense that, you know, Max Power's the one who he takes the ball, doesn't he, he runs around with the ball, he, he assists goals. Callum Lang, he had some games where he looked unplayable. Uh, You know, with his uh, the flur and his ability to drift past players. Now, this isn't a criticism of those players because they've been great for us, but they might not show the levels of consistency that some of the other players that have been nominated for player of the season have. Now, in a season where the team has been very consistent on the whole, anybody who gets more votes than a Callum Lang, a Max Power or a James McLean will be very much deserved of uh,
0: a player of the season award. Well it's funny you should say that because one of the people though that you've mentioned has not even got not even got one nomination. There's only six players received nomination. So it's been very focused. Two, there's two who's run away. So I'm gonna read this out the six in reverse order. So in, in sixth place we have Ben Amos. You have to get you out of trouble. In fifth place, Will Keane. On fire. Fourth place, Max Power. One, one vote ahead, just one vote separating these two. In third place, Callum Lang. So that leaves Jack Watmore and Tom Naylor. And do you know how we're going to separate these two? I tell you what, I have no idea how we're going to separate them. Have you any idea, Paul? No. Adam, have you any idea? Barry, I've got absolutely no idea. Well, let me tell you, the listeners can't decide either because it's a dead eat, an absolute dead eat. And I've been over the votes and counted them five times and they've got exactly the same number. So the progress with Unity, player of the season for the season 2021-22, are the two best mates who travelled up from Portsmouth together, Jack Watmore, and Tom Naylor, what about that? Wow. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I, I mean, like we said, if you could separate them, you couldn't argue which way around to separate them. So it absolutely is spot on for me.
2: Can I just put a message out to the Latics players, by the way? If you want to win the Progress with Unity podcast Player of the Season... Just make sure you come on the podcast, because the top three have all been on the podcast this season.
0: <laughs> and get your mum to vote for you. A fantastic season. If we, if we look, look at the league table, it doesn't lie, does it? It doesn't lie. Well, it does. I mean, there's some somebody who said that the best team in the league's finished ninth this season. But like the classics say, actions speak louder than words. So the best team in the league... We're gonna athletic.
2: Barry, do you want any more cliches in that sentence? There, uh, the table doesn't lie. And uh, I, I'm surprised you didn't throw in uh, it's too early to look at the table yeah? <laughs> 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 Let's take it one game at a time. Some would say well, the
1: best team finished fifth, wouldn't they? Because they were the biggest with the most fans and blah blah yeah. blah, Charlie White, Max Power blah, blah, blah,
0: blah. Right, so we've got Rotherham are coming up with us to finish it in a very respectable second place. Uh, a lot of people's favourites, including mine, before the season started to win it. And I've heard lots of people say, if anybody finishes above Rotherham, they'll win the league. And, <laughs> they, you know, they were spot on with that that uh, assumption. So with ourselves and Rotherham, then we've got the playoffs, the four teams. MK Dons, uh, second on Wickham Wanderers, and Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland. I have my own theory about this, but let's hear from you two first. Which way is, is this gonna go? I'm going to go? Easy for Wicked Wanderers. I'll
1: go Sheffield Wednesday as the team that came in with momentum.
0: I'm, I'm with Adam because I think if you look at it, the least favourite <laughs> of any of them sides is Wiccan Wanderers. And we know what the players are like. The, the biggest diner is going to be in NK Don's, isn't it? Unless, unless they put in a, another scintillating performance on Thursday. I think Wickham will are a up.
2: I think what Wickham's got as well is they've got firepower, haven't they? You know, they can, they, they've can got players who've played at a high level who can nick, nick goals for them. They've got a manager who's done it before in the playoffs. He's dead relaxed. You know, he, the pressure is kind of off. Uh, and the form, Paul said about Sheffield Wednesday's form. I, I think, actually, Wickham's probably, over a longer period, was was slightly better. I think maybe, were he not unbeaten in eight or nine matches? Something like that. I know Sheffield Wednesday threw in a couple of, one or two defeats, didn't they, I think, along the way. So, some again, I think there'll be too much pressure on them. And like Barry said, I think MK Dons, you win 5-0 away and you get so many points and don't get promoted. It's not looking good, is it?
1: <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it, where... You know you've got it in the tank. You've just got to get the players to keep going for another three
0: games. The lad we had on from the uh, Wickham podcast said he he just hoped that they were going to make the playoffs and and get to Wembley and he can actually go this time instead of uh, being sat in a pub watching it. I mean, there is a point there, isn't there? Like The last time they went up, they went up via the playoffs and they sneaked into into those. A lot of people said by by Krook.
2: Points per game, it was. It was points per game. Now, Wickham had played less games, I think, by maybe two. So it was something like they were five points behind sixth place with two games in hand. So obviously, if you worked out the average points per game, Wickham would have had more points. But as we well know in football, <laughs> that would have been based on the fact that they would have had to have won those two games. So yeah. you could say they were- could say they were fortunate but there there had to be some method of deciding it and I think whatever that method would be would have disappointed some.
1: It's like when we were behind Rotherham because we had games in hand. It would have been absolutely unfair to give Rotherham the title at that point because the season's not over and if you're going to change it part way through you've got to come up with a mechanism and like you say somebody's always going to be disappointed
2: if the season had ended for us let's say when we were I think at one point were we not something like nine points behind with four games in hand now we, on this methodology we would have won the league on that basis because our if you think about oh, yeah. It, drop it
1: yeah I'm not, quest- I'm not questioning the methodology what I'm saying is that if you did work it just on pure points gained you know, the teams that have played more games obviously got an advantage. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I think I think it was probably the furthest where, you know, they snuck in. They snuck in on the last day there, literally, didn't they? And they snuck in on the last day again, which I, they must be on an absolute high. So, yeah, I'm sticking with Wickham Wanderers.
0: Right, looking ahead, we've got a good summer ahead with a, hopefully a good pre-season. Bit of recruitment. Can you see your strengthening? in the eye? I can. I think we'll we'll bring in. Even Will Keane spoke about it in an interview that on he did on Five Live with Colin Murray, saying that uh, you know they're going to be bringing players in. Busy summer, will
2: not it? But I think we've got a few bit of business in house, haven't we, to start with? You know, so uh, we've got a couple of out contract players, haven't we?
0: Gavin Massey James, is one. Yeah. James McLean. Yeah. Who's already tweeted that he's looking forward to life in the championship with Alastic. So I assume he's stopping.
2: I'd keep Massey, you know, I would keep him. I like him. I think he's been a bit of an unsung hero for us this season. I think last season he 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 clearly played through the pain barrier, didn't he? And did his best for us in very difficult circumstances, even when certain members of the public were saying he was down in tools. I actually think this season he's, he's put in a really good shift. Uh, I think he's when he's been needed, you know, that game at Rotherham springs to mind. I think when he played at uh, right back or right wing back, I, I'd give him another, another contract he might be looking at this stage of his career to think, well, I want to play week in, week out, and I think he'll be a great signing for, for a League One side. If,
0: uh... Yeah, w- would you be looking to keep all the Kel Watts uh, and also think in the centre-half, Cedric Kipri is out of contract at West Brom and have averted surplus to requirements?
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the key things that you get with the returning players is, is this whole thing of Finding a home, isn't it? As like you say, James McLean, not interested in going anywhere else, coming into the championship with us. He's one of them that's absolutely found a home. Power went up to Sunderland, came back, he's come home. I could see Cedric doing the same. Possibly, he... but he
2: might he might he might want, he might want to go to kind of overseas Paul, possibly, you know, give yeah. it a give it give it a go Yeah, overseas. I'm not
1: I'm not saying like I'm not doing a Nixon saying, Oh, here's the gossip, he's coming. It's like if he did turn up, it wouldn't surprise me. If he went somewhere else, it wouldn't surprise me.
2: The Kel Watts one, I guess it depends on Newcastle because if Newcastle are willing to let him go out alone again, you know, usually what they want them to do is to go through a bigger challenge. So he'd be in the championship. So that would tick that box. He would tick another box that he's already comfortable He knows the framework, he knows the manager, coaches, and teammates. If Newcastle are lucky, I would bring him in because I do think he's a player who will get better. He gets more experience. Yeah, he's had the odd moment this season like every player does, but all in all, he's been a very consistent centre-back when he's played.
0: Yeah. And Yeah. Another thing about Kel Watts, his, his mum, his girlfriend and his brother, Normie and Paul, that's great, <laughs> isn't it?
1: I was just going to say, we should have asked him. We we're, <laughs> stood, were stood next to him all game at Shrewsbury. Yeah, we could have asked his mum while she was there.
0: Just before we finish, I want to announce that there is a Joseph's Goal Benefit event being organised by some members of the podcast, or at least one. I'm <laughs> hoping the other two might lend a hand. It's going to be held on the 10th of June, which is a Friday, at the Swindley on Wigan Lane. Tickets are a fiver, and for that, you get a Wigan kebab supper. So pie and of balm, there's... A bit of cine racing going on. There's a disc golf, 70s and 80s, so come in your floors. Josie goal, the Play is going to be broadcast. There might be some celebrities from Emmerdale coming down as well because they're featuring the play. So it's going to be a good night. You'll get some Ethos and, and some other people as well. Check our blog, Progress with Unity Blogspot, our Facebook page or our Twitter feed. It's the pinned tweet for ticket details. Before we end this episode, I would like to say some thank yous. Firstly, the two reprobates, Adam and Paul, for their continued support and involvement. I wouldn't be able to do this without them. A massive thank you to Ash Horton for allowing us to interview the Latex players throughout the season. Also for his support, advice and guidance. A big thank you to the guests who have appeared this year. Mal Brannigan, Callum Lang, Jack Watmore, Joe Bennett and Tom Naylor from the Latix, along with Dr Tobin, who is always an excellent guest with his insights of the club and his terrific sense of humour. Lisa Andy, Caroline Molineux and Megan Walker, who together produced an outstanding episode. Also, former Premier League referee Chris Foy, his episode was very informative and must listen. Henry Van Geffen, who hosted the last home game in the supporters club episode and stole the show in doing so. But mostly, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for your constant feedback, your support and encouragement. It is an absolute honour to produce this podcast and to achieve our 1 millionth download this year was very emotional indeed. So thank you one and all. Far too many to mention individually. And I'd only forget someone and get myself in trouble. I think that's an age thing. It is true what we say. We are a family at Wigan Athletic, and together we can achieve anything. Thank you. Thank you very much. Until we see you during the summer, it's uh, up the ticks. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. championship. <laughs>